0: Good morning and welcome to another expedition into the Day in Sports podcast, T-D-I-S underscore humblebrag on Twitter. Another gorgeous fall day here in the twin cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul as I sit next to a, a handsome and, I don't know, Devonair yeah. Adam Hawking. That's fair. How I'd are say, you today? I'd say most people would agree. Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. Nine out of ten dentists yeah, would agree with that statement? I don't know what's wrong with the tenth one. All right. He's drunk. Just being a contrarian. Yeah. Just, you know, you got to have that 10th guy just to disagree. Yeah. He's the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. Big week in the NFL this week. You want to talk some NFL? There's so much stuff I want to talk about, I feel like my butt hurts. Do you want to talk about, I think
1: <clears throat> some some new shit has come to light, man. Yeah. Uh, as the dude would say. 4-0 teams. I think we're trying to get some clarity on who's really good. We'll get into our Power 7 in a little bit. But let's talk about the 4-0 and o teams right now. Kind of go one by one. Yeah, um, Saints, Seahawks, Chiefs, Broncos, Patriots. I don't think we're leaving anyone out. Um, start with the Saints. I'll give you my take on them. I think they're kind of the inverse of Seattle. Mm-hmm. In that they've got a great offense and opportunistic defense. Right, Just take the ball away once or twice and Breeze will outscore the opponent. Whereas Seattle's got sort of an opportunistic offense. Take advantage of field position. Uh, kick field goals and that type of thing and rely on your amazing defense, and they both have incredible home field advantages. I would say the the, the uh, Saints probably have the second best home field advantage behind Seattle. Mm-hmm. I like think they're both 2-0 on the road now, so it feels like they're probably both going undefeated at home, too. Uh, those two teams feel like locks for the playoffs to me, so your take on the Saints.
0: Yeah, you know what I think has been really um, kind of impressive <clears throat> has been Sean Payton kind of coming in and deciding to go a different direction with the defense, you know, getting a new coordinator and everything. Mm-hmm. And it kind of panned out, or it has so far. I mean, it, it hasn't come back to bite him in the in the rear, um, and they're taking the ball away.
1: Yeah, I think if you look at their personnel, um, and Gruden was doing a really good job last night of pointing it out. If They've got these nickel pass rushers who are kind of no-name guys, but interior pass rushers, and the Saints are going to be up. In most games, because of the efficiency of their offense, mm-hmm. so you can afford to be a little more—I don't want to say finesse—but you can bring in the two eighty-pound guys to play D tackle and and really bring it after the passer and try to create havoc and mistakes, especially when you're at home in the dome. And before you know it, you know New Orleans is up what thirty-eight to seventeen. Miami, I think, is a pretty good team, yeah, but they're young and maybe just—that's a tough, tough environment to to keep pace in.
0: And their defense just. Got completely turned around. They had two. They had their hands full with... Darren Sproles was everywhere. Yeah. And that guy's hard enough to keep track of, you know, and then... He's one on the of the best
1: receivers in the league, but he plays yeah. running back.
0: Yeah. I, I really like Darren Sproles. He and um, Jimmy Graham, I was thinking about, like, Breeze, Graham,
1: and Sproles. Like, I know it's not the traditional <laughs> bell cow running back and vertical wide receiver, but can you think of a bigger mismatch in terms of... Who those two are guarded by? Because Graham, generally, it's going to be a safety who's not going to have the size or speed. Sproles, it's going to be a linebacker, and there's no linebacker in the league that has a chance in the open field with Darren Sproles. No. I really don't care who it is. The speed bug. Yeah, and he's so. Did you see that he ran this fake to the flat mm-hmm. and then up? I think for the first touchdown, and the route he ran was like it was like a Jerry Rice route, like, yeah, just perfect in and out. I don't know. Their offense is a thing of beauty. My question to you. If Seattle comes into uh, New Orleans, um, primetime game or whatever, right now, who wins that game? Seattle at the Saints.
0: You know, <clears throat> I, I think today I would give the edge to New Orleans. I agree with you. Because Seattle, you know, has been lucky enough to, like, recover and kind of be able to learn from their mistakes without having to lose a game so far. But if you go down 17 or 20 points to New Orleans, you're not coming back. Yeah. I mean, you might your defense might be able to hold the Texans... To, you know, zero points while you kind of make a comeback, but yeah. not, not with New Orleans. Well, let's flip it to Seattle then and talk. Obviously, they're 4-0 as well. Um,
1: indisputably, they're a different team on the road. I don't care what anyone says. They beat the Panthers by five. They should have lost that game. Definitely should have lost to the Texans. I know everyone's going to clobber Matt Schaub for throwing the pick six mm-hmm. and two interceptions in the game, but look, he threw for three fifty plus. The one interception was like a ping pong bounced off eight guys. That's mm-hmm. not his fault. He shouldn't have thrown that ball to Richard Sherman, which in effect made it a tie game, and then and then Seattle's able to take it in overtime. But they're not the same team on the road because um, I don't think Houston's an, an elite top five or six team in the league, Mm-mm. but up 20-3 to three on them and, and was really pounding Seattle. And one thing I'll say is, Russell Wilson has 60 completions on the year. That's 15 per game. Yeah. If we're going to go with this passing league stuff, at some point, he has to have
0: the ability to go 30 out of 40 for mm-hmm. close to 400 yards. Well, And I don't fun- know if he can do that against the greatest defense. The funny thing is, is it's not being supplemented by like a heavy dose of Marshawn or anything. He's no. just having pedestrian games or even worse than that, I mean, yeah. as far So their offense, clearly outside of You know, um, Century Link Field, their offense sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not something that scares
1: you. The defense scares you no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. But Houston put up what are they twenty to three at at close to half, so they moved the ball fine. Mm -hmm. And you know, if uh, if there's not a sideline drop by Andre Johnson uh, late in the game, and then there was a couple other things that there was a personal foul on one of the the Texans' corners who body slammed a Seahawk. Mm. Um, So I mean, there you've got a, a. drop that would have kept the chains moving and a personal foul late in the game. So it's easy to throw it all on Chubb, but he made one throw in a in a game of what 100 120 plays. So I think he gets still too much blame for that.
0: Well, and another thing, who who's you know calling the plays when you look at that, when you're up 20 to 3 against Seattle. Yeah, you put you, you got of hope that you're going to pound the pound the rock as it were and give it to Foster and Tate, and just yeah. kill the clock. Yeah, that's the goal there,
1: right? Yeah, no, I agree with you, especially when you feel like maybe Schaub isn't so mobile if he sits back there and throws the ball, especially in their in their offensive line, is, is good in the run game, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been good as good past one. And Seattle
0: hasn't been great stopping the run this year. No,
1: no, they're more of a fast team. They've got, you know, they want to force you into mistakes. It's mm-hmm. is the Seattle way. Um, so, I, you know, I think Seattle, I, I, we've said a lot of sort of disclaimers about them, but they're going to go 8-0 at home, and mm-hmm. they're already, again, 2-0 on the road. Uh, in my opinion, I don't see I don't see how they lose that division. I don't think San Francisco catches them unless San Francisco, when they get them at home, beats them, mm-hmm. um, which they could do. But, uh, I don't know, two games to make up on Seattle, I think, is a long way, even this early in the season.
0: Yeah, could um, happen, though. You never know.
1: Yeah, a lot of that. season left. I want to keep your hope flame kindled. Hey, I'm you know, I'm still very hopeful. I still, yeah. still feel like the team is, is going to do fine, but uh, Seattle and Denver are, are, are two teams
0: that you're kind of like, I don't know if my team can get to that level. How much fun would it be to watch Denver and New Orleans in the Super Bowl, like 80 touchdowns between two teams? That'd I just
1: wish fun. it wouldn't be in New York, so it could be like in a dome and yeah.
0: watch the offenses
1: play. Like I want to watch them play, but yeah. whatever. Um, okay, so we did Saints. We did Seattle. Let's talk Chiefs. Chiefs. Um, you're I, on the Kool-Aid. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. I think we both are.
0: Yeah, I am too.
1: My question, did Alex Smith jump? This might sound like to people that were really... I think people are still lukewarm on the Chiefs and Alex Smith, but did Alex Smith jump to a younger version of the 49ers um, from 2011? And let me sort of elaborate. Um, Jamal Charles is 24 instead of Frank Gore rounded on 30. You've got, you know, I know Moyaki and Fasano have been hurt, but good tight ends that are still in their prime. Dwayne Bowe. Um, I think they're still developing a chemistry there. Yeah, but but I would say over the course of their careers, mm-hmm. Bowe has been more of an impact player than Crabtree. I might mm-hmm. give the edge to Crabtree now yeah. when healthy. Um, bookend offensive tackles, they're going to run the ball on you. And then defensively, um, and I know we talked about it in the last podcast, they've got seven, eight, nine guys that were either first-round picks or have made all pro teams. And they're younger than that San Francisco defense is now. And I've always said Alex Smith's favorite weapons, honestly, are a good defense, a good punter, and field position. Mm-hmm. He does not mind. He feels, I think Alex Smith thinks that he's part of the defense mm-hmm. in that I'm not forcing this ball into coverage. We're up, or it's three to three in the second quarter, and he's it's like he's calculating, like a computer in there. You know how Peyton Manning calculates the exact right throw? Mm-hmm. Alex calculates exactly what not to do. Right. And then he says, my defense is loaded with studs, and we're going to win this game 20-16. to 16. And I like I like everything the Chiefs are doing. Yeah. and you So know, did Alex Smith jump to, to get back to my question, a younger version of the 49ers?
0: Yes. Well, as, as far as the talent around him goes, I think so. And yeah. it doesn't hurt to have a guy like Andy Reid coaching. I mean, clearly. Yeah. Who has loved him, has confidence in him. And he fits perfectly into Andy Reid's offensive scheme. Like, he's yeah. literally, if you were to draw the ideal Andy Reid quarterback, it would be Alex Smith.
1: Well, it was Donovan McNabb, and then you look at Smith, a lot of the same features in that, not elite arm strength like McNabb probably Mm -hmm. had, but good mobility, um, wants to make quick, uh, uh, you know, kind of reactionary reads Mm -hmm. and really understand the offense and doesn't want to take huge shots down the field. And if you look at Reid's Philly teams, a lot of times it was – you moved – your your short passing game was your running game. Yeah. And then Westbrook and Jamal Charles kind of mirror each other very well. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith gets to throw the ball more than Harbaugh let him. So I think this whole thing – Alex gets a fresh start. Reed gets a fresh start. And I think that whole locker room can feel um, just kind of that uplifting. Now they're 4-0. Mm-hmm.
0: That fixes a lot of things too. I, I think they're feeling themselves. I think they, they think that they can hang with anybody. I really – and I think – Alex Smith doesn't get enough credit for the leadership that he brings into yeah. the locker room, into the team in general. Like, he's pretty um, pretty unshakable. Like, no yeah. matter what happens, he's going to be the same guy if he goes on and throws two consecutive interceptions. He's going to have the exact same expression on his face as, as he would if he threw two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think... Sometimes you want the same things you would want in your friend, in your quarterback. You want him to be smart, mm-hmm. someone you can communicate well with because yeah. communication is everything. And kind of down to earth, I don't want Cam Newton. No. Sometimes I don't want Colin Kaepernick. Too flashy. Yeah, I don't want, I, even though I love Colin, I don't want him on, on GQ no. or whatever. I want Alex, you know, just going to work. Watching a lot of film, so you know, I I think there's nothing wrong with that approach. Yeah. Is what I'm saying is, is,
0: is he, he's got the characteristics that you want from your franchise leader. Well, there's there's a lot to be said for maturity and you know understanding that. At 20, how how old is he? 27. I think he's 28, 29. 28, now. not 29. At that point, you kind of start to understand. Okay, you know, this isn't really as much about the money anymore as it is about trying to win and, and be the best that I can be and make the most of this career that I have. So, 23-5-1
1: yeah. and one over the last two and a quarter seasons. i take him. Yeah. I'll trade and, Matt Cancel and, and, and
0: Christian Ponder for him
1: yeah. right now. I think the Vikings should have been more active in that. Imagine if the Vikings had done two things. Traded uh, two second rounders, which is what it's going to end up being for Alex Smith, mm-hmm. for the Chiefs, because they gave up a, a first rounder then this past year, and then a conditional first rounder if the Chiefs win eight games. Looks like that's a foregone conclusion. So the Niners get two second round picks. Nice pull for them for their backup quarterback, but Mm -hmm. worth every penny to the Chiefs as well to get that type of guy. What if the Vikings made a similar move? And then I also heard the Vikings offered a seventh rounder for Anquan Bolden. Niners get him with a sixth. So what if the Vikings give up two, you know, second rounders, get Alex Smith, a fifth rounder, get Bolden, Still bring in Cordero, Patterson, Xavier Rose. You know, they still have some maneuverability to yeah. get those first-round picks. Yeah. You'd be looking at Alex Smith, Adrian Peterson, Anquan Bolden, Jennings, and and, and Patterson, mm-hmm. Rudolph. I don't know. I, I think the Vikings could have been more proactive. Mm-hmm. And this division, I know we're getting off track a little bit, but is is up for grabs in my opinion. Oh, yeah. The Vikings need to strike while Aaron Rodgers doesn't have very much help.
0: The, the best thing that could have happened for Green Bay or Minnesota was for Detroit to beat Chicago. Because yeah. that's just going to keep the, the top of that division askew. Switching. And as long as that keeps happening, yeah. nobody's out of it.
1: It's a rotating door. So um, we'll get more into the Vikings, too, because that's interesting with the quarterback switch. We'll talk about that. So we've, we've done uh, Saints-Chiefs. Um, we talked Seattle. Let's talk about Denver. Denver! Um, here's what I want to say. I mean, I know we've kind of beat Denver and Seattle to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the two best teams. I think the Saints... Are creeping towards that echelon, especially given their home field advantage mm-hmm. and just having Drew Brees in the game who's not afraid of any defense and can keep you in any game. So I think the Saints are also right there. But Broncos and in, in in Seattle again. Um and looking at Denver's offense, they've got I was going through it, the best slot receiver maybe in history. Yeah. Probably the second or third most physically talented receiver in Demarius Thomas. Mm-hmm. I would say Calvin Johnson, Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, Yeah. Are physically those guys. Um a great, big, strong, athletic number two, and Eric Decker. Yeah, you draw number two. That's you know he's got four, or five speed. I love Eric Decker. Strong hands. Yeah, and then you've got something Peyton Manning has really never had. Dallas Clark was shifty mm-hmm. and an excellent player, but you've got a four, five, forty guy at tight end, and Julius yeah. Thomas that can stretch the middle of the field. And they've got three running backs.
0: You can, can all, all, all yeah. do it and bring a little yeah. bit of something
1: different. Thoughts on the Broncos?
0: Uh, I don't see anybody, I mean, this is a serious, the most seriously I've considered watching a team go undefeated and win the Super Bowl It's really since that, that Patriots year. It's so serious. Yeah. Man bear pig. Peyton Manning is man bear pig. Yeah, he is. No, but you are, I've, I mean, obviously no one's ever seen this before. No one's ever watched a quarterback through four games, throw 16 touchdowns, complete 75% of his passes, no interceptions. And he's doing it like, just, a, it looks too easy yeah. against any, whatever defense. doesn't matter, has. yeah. And he just goes up to the line of scrimmage, he'll, you know, make his audible to a run or a pass, and it, he's not killing them with, he's not throwing 40-yard bombs or anything. doesn't it's like need to, yeah. eight-yard passes. And
1: it's the right play call every time someone's mm-hmm. open or there's a hole for the running back to go. Through. It's just the right play call every single time. And what I don't want to do is kind of just throw it out and say, well, you know, defense can't touch anybody. First of all, that's not true. Mm-hmm. The defense needs to make a play on the ball. Yeah. Okay. If, if the guy beats you on the road, he'd be, I know it's harder to play cornerback than it used to be. Right. But you still see guys that can do it mm-hmm. at a high
0: level. Um, but you can't play man. If you play man against Peyton Manning, he's going to destroy you. You can't play anything against him. I mean, I, I don't
1: know what you could do against him, but I don't, what I don't want to do is, is, um, you know, just kind of say, well, it's this era, these numbers. Right. I mean, there's some validity to that, but if you look at it Manning set the initial touchdown record at what like 48 or 49 that one year. Mm-hmm. Brady passed him with mm-hmm. 50 a year and now Manning is after Brady again. So it's been Manning, Brady, Manning, right, really competing in the record book. So it's not like everyone is doing this. Everyone's numbers are up. But yeah. still the cream of the crop is the cream of the crop.
0: I I don't know. I if he keeps this up and I don't see unless somebody gets hurt, unless they lose Wes Welker or you know Wes Welker and Demarius Thomas, then they might be in trouble, but I Still, bring, you know, <laughs> you still
1: got Decker, you still got the tight end, still three running backs, and, and Peyton is the king of, like, bringing me in, Yeah. and, you know, like, Adam Hawking had four catches for,
0: like, 15
1: yards, you yeah. know,
0: like, he can make me catch a ball. It's really interesting, they were interviewing Eric Decker about it, like, after the game, about Peyton Manning and playing with him and stuff. And he basically said he was like, "You don't. We have no idea where he's going to throw the ball yeah. on any given play. That's why so, you got to run your route." Yeah, he's like, "So we we have to run our routes the way we're supposed to. We got to block the way we're supposed to." And guys buy into that. I mean, what really impressed me at Denver was like the downfield blocking from their wide receivers on plays where you know they didn't get the ball. Guys like Decker or or Thomas or anybody else, West Welker especially, yeah. the blue collar, and they're blocking their asses off downfield. Yeah. And that's the reason that, you know, a five-yard screen turns into a 40-yard touchdown. And, you know, everybody's buying into the system. And, and how can you, as a player on the Broncos, see Peyton Manning,
1: you know, come... Well, you probably don't see him come in because you, you're coming in at 8 and he's been there since 4 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then you leave and he's there for another two hours. How do you not work your ass off yeah. when the best player
0: with nothing to prove is doing this? And then... Kind of scares me. I bet you he, like, intimidates everybody yeah, I mean, there. He's, he's like, oh, my God. God, he's looking at me.
1: God, yeah. God. Uh, what I've heard is that Peyton is allowed to yell at you, but you don't yell at Peyton. And
0: whatever, four when MVPs. You, when you play like that, yeah. I guess maybe that's the way that works. Couple A qu- qu- couple of things to wrap up uh, on Denver.
1: If Peyton Manning breaks the touchdown record, the single-season passing record, wins his fifth MVP, which would be just stupid, and they go out in the divisional round of the playoffs again,
0: where do we put him? Is he the best quarterback of all time? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, he has one he has one Super yeah. Bowl, but and he's gotten to another. Yeah, I, th- I think he's got to win another one to be to because re- I mean, you look at look at Tom Brady. How many Super Bowls does that guy have? Five. He's three? got three, and he's been to five.
1: Yeah, Montana was four out of four, and I know uh, you know I've heard this on ESPN Radio. Uh, you know, we don't want to just get really good at counting. You right, know, championships are are important, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if you know, uh, you know. Um, the Green Bay Packers back, you know, have, what, 13 world championships, and we don't consider them, you know, the greatest dynasty of all time. Bill Russell, the greatest winner in NBA history, if you rank a top 10 NBA list, he's not ahead of Jordan or Magic or Kareem, guys who all won less titles. So we need to be able to separate, and that's basketball, where one player makes an even bigger impact than a quarterback. Um, So I think we have to separate just how good Peyton has been. And I... I have to give him a little break on his on his playoff.
0: Record. Yeah, for for now, <clears throat> yeah. and I think we wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for one freak play from Baltimore last year. Yeah, I mean, if they if Denver wins that game, they're probably winning the Super Bowl. Yeah,
1: yeah. So
0: I mean, we'll see what Super happens Bowl this is year in a
1: dome. It would have been great for Peyton.
0: I don't see anybody in the AFC coming in the divisional round and giving them fits. That's what point. I wanted to ask you. Is there
1: any team in the AFC? I mean, New England. I've heard a lot of talk that they're kind of. Um, uh, trying to gear up to be the team that can challenge Denver, and what they're doing is ball control passing, mm-hmm. running the football with three or four different backs, um, you know, taking points when points are available, kicking the field goal, playing field position, and then the defense has been much improved and they're rushing the passer. I still think, though, <laughs> if it's a race to 30, let's say, and that's conservative, I think Peyton Manning gets there first and. and I don't know. I think if New England goes into Denver in its decent weather, Denver wins that game thirty-four to twenty-three.
0: In yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I don't see unless unless New England gets like super stellar cornerback play, which they've gotten. I mean, their cornerbacks been playing Hakeem well. To
1: leave is is um, in the running for defensive player yeah. of the year right now. He's,
0: way he's he looks like Darrell Revis did at kind of at the peak of yeah. what he was. Doing. Looks like
1: Richard. He's big like Richard yeah. Sherman. too. Yeah.
0: So I mean, take take. One guy away from Peyton Manning, and really, I mean, it's hard to blitz him because he usually sees it coming, but if you can surprise him with a blitz, and he's not, I mean, he's not going to run away from you. Why? Okay, I think
1: the best pure thrower, this is a little tangential, but the best pure thrower of the football in the NFL is Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, uh, in terms of, he's got better arm strength than Peyton, I don't think anyone would argue that. And then the back shoulder throws that he can do, the, the throws deep down the field, I think Peyton diagnoses defenses at a different doctorate-type level mm-hmm. than anyone else. But why is Peyton so much more effective right now than even Breeze, Brady, or Rodgers, who are, you know, both guys are still crushing it,
0: but Manning is just in a league by himself. What does he know that these guys don't? I, <clears throat> I think it's just literally he knows... He has this, like, preternatural understanding of what defenses are doing. Yeah. And they can't hide it from him. No matter what they try and do to hide it, he gets it. Yeah. It seems like, at least up until this point.
1: And I wonder if some of it is, like, this guy's been the guy, like, through high school, like, I think he was three-, four-year starter at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Started from day one. I and mean, He's been starting at
0: quarterback for more than half of his life. And grew up. With a Archie man, yeah. I mean, yeah. his dad is an NFL. Cor- I, yeah. He's got a, a leg up on the competition. Yeah, and
1: Eli does too, but he just he must be drinking or
0: something. Did you ever see there's a, there's that little like uh, the Manning home movies that they played right yeah. before the last thing? Yeah. And they're they're talking to the oldest brother Cooper about Eli. and He's like eh, Eli just never really cared. Like yeah, he, he was so quiet and like. Real serious all the time. Peyton was real high, strong, intense. Yeah, well, yeah. cried you, a lot. You could see you could see that. But
1: maybe you can also see in the playoffs how that works against you. Mm-hmm. You know, Eli's maybe more laid back. The locker room feels good, and they win two Super Bowls. Peyton is there every single year, screaming and crying at people. And he's got one Super Bowl. He's been to the playoffs yeah. way more than Eli has. Um, okay, so we've covered all the undefeated teams except New England. Um, I want to give you a lot of credit you've been on new england since the beginning you've been telling me all they do is keep winning mm-hmm. um you know i've started to look at them more like the early dynasty belichick pats 2000 to 2003 4 and then in the middle they got you know randy moss got a little flashier but didn't ultimately win the championship then they went with the two tight end stuff the last couple of years a lot of passing yardage now they've gotten back to the no-name receivers, whoever. Brady sees as the best chance of winning the matchup, gets the ball. Mm-hmm. They're they're, they're run, blocking and running the ball, and they're playing defense. Will Fork is out, so I think, for the year with an Achilles. I think that limits their upside as a championship team. I can't see it without him. But what can you say? They're 4-0. They go into Atlanta and look like the better team and win pretty comfortably, although Atlanta rallied at the end.
0: I really think it, outside of Peyton Manning, if there's one guy that really understands NFL defenses at a similar level or a slightly yeah, slightly lower level, it's Tom Brady. I mean, he he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And like you said, he, he finds the open guy and, and just pretty much gets to the ball who, to whoever is, you know, the most open. And he's throwing the ball well this year, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, you know, I think sometimes I watch
1: Brady and then I watch Manning and the number disparity – Um, If Brady doesn't have a Moss and a Welker, Mm -hmm. it looks a lot different. You know, Brady might have a game where he completes 60% of his balls, goes 250, a touchdown and no picks, where Peyton's throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and it's hard not to get infatuated and say Peyton is just better than Brady, but Mm -hmm. you also have to understand what Tom's working with. Yeah. He's made Kembrell Tompkins a star, and he... um, his goal is to maintain and possess the ball. Peyton says no matter how fast we score, it doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. as long as we get the ball back, at some point we're going to go score again. Right. New England has to make sure that every drive they have at least eats clock. Right. Uh, a little more Chiefs-esque than, than what we're used to. Um, so, I don't know. I just kind of think they're limited, but I want to give
0: them due credit for being 4-0. I think that – and I really do think they're only going to get better. Like, you hear all the positive things that they say about a guy like Kembrell Tompkins putting in a lot of work as a rookie and, and you know, it shows in when it comes to game time. And when Rob Gronkowski kinda comes back into his own if I guess. Yeah. And does what he's able to do, that's a tough offense to stop. Yeah,
1: well he's he's more than Jimmy Graham in terms of mismatch time because he's Jimmy Graham's size, speed, but also the strength of like uh four lions. Sasquatch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like
0: if he got in a fight with a crocodile in a river He's got a fighting chance. Yeah. Oh, okay. and he's just like they interview him, and you think to yourself, like, is this the dumbest human? Yeah. Is this the missing link?
1: There's an ESPN Radio drop where Ryan Rossillo says to, uh, he's he kind of knows because they're from the Boston area. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, Rosillo says to Gronkowski, "You might be the biggest meathead I've ever met." Assess, and Gronk just goes. Thank you. <laughs> and that's, that's exactly who he is, but they need to get him back. Yeah, they do. Uh, but I wouldn't rush him back. They're 4-0. Why? Oh, and, and like you said, those guys, Ken Tompkins, and whoever else he's throwing to out of the witness protection program, <laughs> Belichick and Brady, there's something about that that they like. Yeah. Right? No ego. There's no— They
0: he, prefer that.
1: Yeah. There's no Welker who got a little—he was chafing under the Belichick yeah. regime. Brandon <laughs> Lloyd has been always—he You know, he, he wasn't that great for them last year, but he's a little bit of a personality— and I think Belichick and Brady are just as happy to say, no, we're going to draft this guy out of the sixth round. He was a quarterback at Kent State, but I love his agility in the slot.
0: Sure. Perfect. There you go. The only thing that would be better is if they brought Dion Branch back. They should. Yeah. Why and not? probably Rodney Harrison. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. I'm sure Rod- Rodney always seems so angry. He's ready to go anytime. He just couldn't do
1: the Sunday night games because he's got to be harassing Dungy. Yeah. Yeah. Those two have a very odd relationship. Okay. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. That's a a topic for another time. Yeah. Because I've thought about that a lot Mm. because uh, I've got a lot to do. Um, (laughs) So we went through the 4-0 teams. Then let's get into, uh, obviously, Ben is a Vikings fan. We're in St. Paul, Minnesota. Besides their new helmets, what the F is that? I
0: kind of like them. They grew on me.
1: It looks like if you got hit, it would chip off, like, the cheapest paint in the world. Like, like. In the middle of the game, we're going to see, like, Castle back there, and it's just going to be, like, silver. <laughs> the decals start, like, gonna be melting off. It's going to be off, off and, and you're going to see it's just, like, poop brown behind it or something. But like you did that.
0: say we'll see Castle back there, not Christian Ponder, didn't hmm. you? 123 quarterback rating, two touchdowns, no
1: picks, 248 yards. I was trying to do the math because I, in the last podcast, said that Castle would throw for 167 yards. If you take away the fact that
0: Greg Jennings ran – 70 Which yards. was unbelievable. I didn't know he still had that. Oh, he does, honest, though. He's, he's
1: always been good after the catch. But if you take 248 minus 70, I don't know if I can do that math, but, but Jennings essentially ran through four or five tacklers on that play. So that would be 178, I think. So, okay, what was my prediction? 167. Yeah. So without that. Yeah. Minus that I was real close You were in the neighborhood. You're the neighborhood? knocking yeah. you're knocking on the door. But I but I owe you five bucks. Yeah. Which I don't have. Yeah. So good luck collecting. And
0: I'll put it on your can. Yeah, just put it on the <laughs> table.
1: Um another thing I thought though, couple plays, you know, Castle when he got back there, it was kind of funny. It was like flutie esque, like he'd allow the pocket to develop and then he'd like step up real hard and yeah. Just, yeah. I love it. Throw it as hard as he can yeah. and you're like, that looks like a softball from Cash Dramatic, you know. It's very dramatic. Like Like, other guys are doing that type of velocity off their back foot. But anyway, he got the ball there. Mm -hmm. He knew in the pocket where he wanted to go. Yeah. And the thing that Castle did, like... He
0: had a pocket presence.
1: Yeah. Ponder has none. None. Zero. A lot of, like, scrambling into nowhere. Fran Tarkenton without the athleticism Mm -hmm. stuff comes from Ponder. But Castle seemed to want to do the play pass a lot, which obviously they should do. They have the best running back in the league. Get Jennings. Get Patterson. Get Rudolph on the short routes. Use the passing game set up the run. You're yeah. a
0: running team. Mm-hmm. So
1: passing game has to supplement the run and that's what it's there for first. <laughs> and then you see Adrian bust off what? 140 yards. Yeah. You know. Um so
0: yeah, But everyone
1: else at 3 and 1, last thing I'll say, Vikings are not out of it at 1 and 3
0: if Castle continues to not turn the ball over. Right. I I re- and I really do think I mean what did they score 31 against the Steelers? 34 to 27. 34 30 34 final. 34 points for that yeah. offense yeah. with a quarterback only throwing for 250 yards is pretty efficient. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the week before,
1: what did they do, 27? Yeah. They've, squ- they've been putting points on the board. So the defense is certainly an issue,
0: too. Yeah. Oh, it, it's the secondary and a secondary that already kind of sucked. And then you have Chris Cook, yeah. which may not be much of a loss, but he goes down. But what I think what really hurt him was um, losing Jamarca Sanford... He got hurt and the deep yeah. Yeah. And Harrison Smith is great, but he, he can't play the entire game. No, but he's a really good player. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, he's really fun to watch, but you need a decent guy to come in and, and spell him while he takes a breather. Yeah.
1: Know? Yeah, they're not real deep back there, and that's gonna be an issue. And then the the pass rush hasn't been enough to compensate, but Jared Allen made some plays in that mm-hmm. last game. He looked kind yeah. of
0: fresh. The the whole defensive line I thought played much better against the Steel and Maybe because it was the Steelers and their offensive line is like yeah. a house of cards right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, reminiscent of the Green Bay Packers of three, four years ago when they just oh, this year. Yeah, wow, yeah. this year. But there was like, I mean, there was literally nothing that who plays left tackle over there for them? Uh, Green in, Bay, in the Steelers. Pittsburgh. Oh god. What's his name? Is what is it
1: Max Starks? Adams. I've been I've been using him. Oh, oh, the Adams, Mike Adams, Adams. is Mike from Adams. Ohio
0: State. Yeah, I think so. Um he sucks. He's not ready. No. Oh my god. Jared Allen just bent him over all day. Yeah,
1: I mean, you could just see the difference in how those two guys use their hands mm-hmm. and, you know, 10-year or 11-year veteran pro bowler versus young guy mm-hmm. trying to figure it out and it wasn't close.
0: Well, Jared and to be totally fair, Jared Allen isn't who he used to be. Like no. he's lost it probably a step or two. Yeah. Um, but against a guy like like that, he looks fantastic.
1: And he was never. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jared Allen. I, I think the greatest thing that he brought athletically was like his flexibility mm-hmm. and his ability to create angles for himself. I never thought he was the um, you know. Uh, Jason Pierre Paul, freak athlete type yeah. guy. No, he's not like a he's not like a four five he, four six Alden forty, 40 Smith, kind of a guy. But he was always long arms, good with his hands, and maybe yeah, he's lost a little bit mm-hmm. uh, of strength and speed. But I think still on
0: a if you give him more help, I, yeah, I think that that he's a top five ten pass rusher still. Well, and they do what I really would like to see from the Vikings, to be honest with you, on the defensive line, is to double up with Kevin Williams and Sharif Floyd. Why not? Yeah, I mean, they get a little push inside. They've already admitted, or they've already said that they don't want to do that and have them in the same package very often. And I don't understand why. Is Kevin Williams playing more of a,
1: a base package and Sharif more pass rushing, or because that would be?
0: I I think so, but I really do think that to like when their defense was really humming along eight years ago with Pat Williams and Kevin Williams in the middle, mm-hmm. um, those two. You couldn't run you the ball. You not run the ball against him. So even though they
1: weren't – the Vikings had not been great in the secondary for as long as I can remember. Winfield yep. was really good. Darren Sharper was a good center fielder for them, but mm-hmm. it was never a great safety.
0: Their secondary literally hasn't been, like, very good since 1997 or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. So when, when they had, like, the Favre run, Kevin Williams was maybe the best D tackle in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was still in his prime. Jared Allen, similar, would yeah. dominant. And then Pat Williams still had uh, – well, he just—he he, was fat. It takes I mean, two people, yeah, yeah. and that shifts everything along. And, the way. and I thought that front was probably the best in football. And then you had
0: uh, uh, so it, what I'm trying to say is it masked a lot of weaknesses in the secondary that yeah. are now kind of coming to light, glaring. Well, and they, you know, losing Antoine Winfield doesn't help. No, he was there for. A decade I plus. thought they could
1: have kept him at safety and played him opposite Smith or something like mm-hmm. that. That's kind of a fan perspective. Well, he's I He's better than...
0: I mean, he's got to be better than Josh Robinson. He may not <clears throat> be as fast, but I think Josh Robinson than, sucks. I think he's better than Sheryls. <laughs> Even though
1: Sheryls makes some plays, I think he gets out of position too often. Yeah. Uh, who do the Vikings have upcoming on their
0: schedule? Do you know? Bye week. Okay. Oh, they have a bye week this week. and then, And then they come home against Carolina. Okay, so... Basically two weeks to get ready for Cam
1: Newton. They should be able to throw some things at him, control, you know, Luke Keekly, Adrian Peterson, that's going to be a matchup, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, to watch if they meet in the hole a couple times. Yeah. Um. But pretty foreseeable to get to two and three here, and then do we know who they have after that? Giants. At Giants. At Giants, that's pretty easily three and three. Yeah. Um. And then give me the next four or five, Eric. Uh, then Green Bay comes to Minnesota. Okay, that's winnable at Minnesota. I wouldn't that yeah, could them. go either way So I'll say three and four. I'll give two and one <coughs> at Dallas That's tough, but pick them I mean it's, they're winnable games. Well, it's not like they're it's not like the Cowboys are good. at no. Jerryville. So no, okay uh, Washington comes to Minnesota. Okay at Seattle. Nope. That's a loss <laughs> <laughs> at
0: Green Bay, that's probably a loss. Yeah. Bears at home. That's winnable. Yeah at Baltimore. I don't know about Baltimore. That's another coin toss. Adrian Peterson
1: runs for 200 yards. at a wash. Yeah. Philly at home. That's winnable. Mm-hmm. At Cincinnati. That's surprisingly winnable. Cincinnati isn't going to outscore too many people. And then last game, Detroit at Minnesota.
0: I mean, they could very easily push to be 9-7 and seven or be horrible.
1: Yeah. I mean, they could lose. That's what I'm talking about with the bottom of the league. And, you know, Minnesota's somewhere in the bottom half probably right now. Um, and they're going to play a lot of those teams. They could flip the switch and say, hey, we've got a guy that can get it done at quarterback all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, and oh yeah, Adrian Peterson's back there. By the way, he needs to average 173 yards a game from here on out to get to 2,500, so...
0: It's probably not going to happen. Could be tough. I just want him to break the record, and it's still still there. But if he
1: starts doing that type of stuff, I don't know, I think the Vikings are still in okay shape. We're still early, is the big takeaway. One and three. 2-2, two 3-1, two, unless you're 4-0 oh or 0-4, oh I think you're still very much in the mix. Well,
0: the funny thing, going kind of diverging a little bit to the Adrian Peterson thing, um, LaShawn McQuay has had a freak start to the season, amazing, really running the ball well, and I think Adrian's only 40 yards, 40 or 60 yards behind him for the most rushing yards in, in the league at this point, so yeah. he's right with him striking a slow distance. start last year. Yeah, oh, much slower, than, I mean, he had a couple... Real turds last year. He's been right around 100 and then finally broke at 140 this week.
1: You know what I think is a bit unfair for Adrian is I'd like to see him with a mobile quarterback, a mm-hmm. Bridgewater, even a Manziel because I think in the Vikings offense you don't have to be that vertical. You have guys that can take small routes and, and score. But if there was some read option quarterback run threat, you see some of those holes. That 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 those running backs get Lashawn McCoy is running through semi truck wide holes. Yeah. Oh sometimes. yeah. If you gave that to Adrian Peterson, I don't know. I just think that's an element that you yeah. consider in the off season. How do we exploit the last probably two years of this guy's prime?
0: Yeah. Well, and I I mean I would be very happy if they went and looked at picking up a guy like Teddy Bridgewater in the Teddy draft. Bridgewater,
1: Taj Boyd, yeah. even Brent Hundley. Mm-hmm. Uh, a smart, accurate athletic guy from UCLA, a lot of, I would say there's four or five guys that would be an upgrade talent-wise over what they currently have in oh, yeah. the roster.
0: Uh, although, if they do draft Johnny Manziel, I will renounce all fandom and Really? Just out of Manziel? I history. just hate him. I don't like him.
1: If he started winning for Minnesota, Brett Favre,
0: case in point. I, but I always like Brett Favre. Okay. He's, Brett Manziel's Favre's, a little Favre-esque, though. He is, but it's like... It's like a less classy. It's like a kind of a scuzzy. He's not sending as. dick pics. Well, anymore. he's thinking about it. I'm sure he is. we all. Yeah.
1: But I, I mean, but, imagine yeah. if you put Brett Favre didn't know what nickel defense was until he was five years into the league. Yeah. Um, so imagine putting the, the Twitter and, and 24-hour news cycle spotlight on Favre when he was a good old boy at Southern Miss. I think you would have found out a lot of the same things that we're finding out about Manziel. Yeah. So, or worse. Or worse. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, so let's let's wrap up on the Vikings. Take a little break. Come back. We're going to talk a little baseball. Yeah. Ben's going to hold my hand through that. Yes. Uh, we're going to do our Power Seven, mm-hmm. best seven teams in the league. Going to go over the the race for slightly above average pick down superiority.
0: Yes. See how we're doing on our NFL. I'm picks. most above average. Yeah, you are.
1: You're, you're actually like B plus. You're at like three point five level. GPA it's better
0: than my GPA ever was same as it ever was there it is um, and then we might throw in some pop culture
1: if we can find something worthy of it but we'll be right back on the TBIS podcast stay with us
2: You keep on oh, yeah. so stop being. Thirteen regular dames go away to better things. Dupont yeah. Registry Lane, G Unit, no games, no, no life games. is on a tour bus. I know it's hard to love a man. Birth certificate is the cover of a magazine. Yes. Usually businessy, but in the hood, of things. Like we have a good time, well, when no bullets are exchanged. But you got the game, and I'm finished with the juveniles like Lil Wayne. Yet I'm the best rapper A alive. Same time you shop until it's gone, it's nothing when your credit card look like it been on a beach too long, the black but the private part. part's longer than the flight to Japan. You can't leave me, I'm the quicksand, and it's Tim's dance. I know it ain't easy, I know it ain't easy, but you'll never leave me, you'll never leave me. That's cause you need me, but I ain't got time, nope, I'm on my grind, you yep. so stop being greedy. I know it ain't easy, I know it ain't easy, but you'll never leave me you me, but I ain't got time Knock it oh, I'm on my ground, yeah. so stop being Look, Ma, You don't need to blow my phone all up What you need is to act right and grow on up What you mad about now? Man, you know I'm a pimp And Mariah Carey lies, she ain't suck my dick I mean, I would let her though And I wish she was true But I love you right now I wouldn't do that to you And when you sent me to the store To get you something to eat I know I took a long time But I was only a week Yeah, you got a cute face And that's what got me but to keep it all real you don't know how to cook and you know you ain't leaving you don't want it to end just give me one more chance i won't do it again i know it ain't easy i know it ain't easy but you'll never leave me you'll never leave me that's cause you need me but i ain't got time nope i'm on my grind so stop being greedy i know it ain't easy i know it ain't easy but you'll never leave me Cause you need me, but I ain't got time. No, nope. I'm on my ground. So stop being greedy I don't wanna leave, but I gotta go right now. You heard this before, that's why you wanna go right now. You louder than a race car, baby. Just pipe down. You going nowhere. Cause I'm laying that pipe down. Daddy bringing money, and that's something you like now. That ring on your finger got you acting right now. But right now, the phone rings and you get pissed. Who's this? It don't matter she Suck in my dick Every couple gets in fight But I don't want you gone This dog is loyal Fuck around but come back home I'm a hustler A drunk and a bastard too My life looks bad But my bright spot That's you I know it ain't easy I know it ain't easy But you'll never leave me You'll never leave me That's cause you need me But I ain't got time No, nope. I'm on my grind yep. So stop being greedy I know it ain't easy I know it ain't easy But you'll never leave me Cause you need me, but I ain't got
1: time. Nope, I'm on my ground. So stop being greedy. Okay, welcome back in. TDIS, the Day in Sports Podcast, Ben Sherman. To my left, Adam Hawking speaking right now. That's me. To your center. Yeah. Um I ate a banana today. I saw that. A little exercise bike action too. Ooh! Treat That's, yourself. You gotta keep it pure, I feel better. Yeah. Um, let's talk baseball. I'm going to lean on you here because uh, I wrote an article a few years ago that was called Baseball is Boring. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kinda, it is boring, but it starts to get more exciting now. And the one-game winner-take-all, like game 163 last night with the Rangers and the Rays, is fun. And then you get the one-game uh, uh, playoffs. What is that today, Eric? Between the Reds mm-hmm. at the Pirates, Tampa at Cleveland. So while it adds intrigue, the Houston Astros won 50 games this year. They could go out and win a game. Yeah. So I don't think it – I I don't know. I, I think it adds new markets that are that get to stay engaged in baseball longer, which is a good thing. But we're, we're not necessarily going to get the best teams. We may, but we may not.
0: I think the, those play-in games especially are more for, like, they get more attention from national media, you know, sports media, that's like there's, there's one game for everything. But really when you think about it, these teams that have been playing – 162 games. Uh, their whole season, I mean, they they played well enough to get a chance at the playoffs and then it's decided by one game instead of a series. And in, in baseball, I feel like it should be a series.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just trying to think what the alternative is because I know they wanted to add teams and like I say, that keeps everybody, that's one more spot that four or five teams might be able to buy for. So you keep many more markets engaged than just the one
0: yeah. that happens
1: to make it. So I like it from a marketing perspective because baseball's been back in the 1920s, and, you know,
0: did you see Babe Ruth? <laughs> and now, you know,
1: they've just been, they've been behind every other major sports franchise yeah. besides like the, or sports league, besides the NHL. So, I like that they add excitement, but I don't think this is perfect. Maybe a three-game series, so at least you could do your top-of-the-line starters. Yeah, I get, I mean, that
0: up. Because b- baseball, literally, there's any number of small hiccups that could happen that would literally cost you the game. So, I think it's, probably a good idea to at least make it two. I mean, their whole season is coming down to this, and it's over in one game.
1: I mean, you've got Reds, you've got Johnny Cueto uh, at the Pirates, Francisco Liriano. Liriano coming from Minnesota, we know that he could go two and a third, give up eight runs, or he could go complete game shutout. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I'm talking about here is, okay, if that were were one out of three or one out of five, okay. I've got a chance to recover and bring, you know, my other ace up or or whoever it might be. But winner take all, I don't know. I don't don't know if you're getting the best representation of both teams. And then you've got Alex Cobb and, uh, what is it, Danny Salazar, Tampa Bay at Cleveland. That's a starting pitching matchup there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I I just think it's it's imperfect. Maybe an improvement, but it's imperfect.
0: Well, and especially okay. So a game, a team like the Pirates. This is their first playoff appearance since 1992. Gonna have some nerves. Gonna have some nerves, and it, it's one game. It's one game, and they've they've had probably one of the better seasons in in recent memory just for that organization or yeah. any any team coming out of the Central. So I just think it would be a shame to see it all come to an end because of some stupid hiccup.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. There's no you get no closure with that. I mean, Pirates fans, literally, I mean, it's a, good, it's, it's a good fan base when, especially considering how bad they've been. Yeah. But the Steelers are 0-4, so people are riding the Pirates right now. And you're right. If they go out in one game, it's like, I just invested 162 yeah. games. Months if, if and you're months a and months. fan and you can watch all the home games, you, you, maybe you watch 60, 70 games. Uh, like, if you're a, a diehard, maybe mm-hmm. some people watch more. Yeah. Um, and, and then to have it be, you know, at least in a basketball series, as a Laker fan last year, they squeak in, they're the eighth seed, they get swept. I know by game two the season's over. Yeah. I've got my closure, and I'm starting to say, okay, I'm watching this guy to see what will he bring next year, who's trade big, whatever. When it's just have five or six beers get really pumped for the Pirates game, and then sixth inning you're down seven to
0: two and it's over. Might as well go off back and –
1: there's a lot, of, a lot of negative emotion yeah. involved in that.
0: Yeah, Well, and, and it's kind of the same thing with hockey. Uh, Minnesota coming into the playoffs as the 8th seed last year in the Western Conference. Losing to the eventual champion, Chicago Blackhawks. Chicago is, I mean, those are all close games, very close games. Yeah. But like you said, we got to the point where we knew it was over, but at least you get to watch a little bit more hockey before
1: yeah. going
0: to bed for the, the off season. And in
1: both cases, I never think it's a good policy where you, as a as a league, say NHL or MLB, say, it's fairly likely that the best teams won't make the World Series. No. Yeah. I mean, I know in the NFL you get the hot team and that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, but you also generally get a one or two seed. You know, you get
0: a primetime matchup. And that's just like the way football works, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and And Bob Costas was quoted, I heard this on ESPN Radio today, as saying, if, if Major League Baseball gets the Cincinnati Reds and the Tampa Bay Rays, we are screwed. Yeah, I mean that is going to draw less than an NFL preseason game, probably.
0: Most likely, I'm keeping I'm keeping my hopes alive. I don't know. This is the second year of this format, so yeah, I don't know. And then isn't uh, isn't Bud Selig like leaving now? Yeah, after He's retiring 2015.
1: So after next year he'll be done, or or, okay.
0: Just long enough for us to ridicule, long enough for us to ridicule him about this format if it doesn't pan out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. Um, Another sort of murky baseball topic, um, but actually you and me are both on on the approval side of this. Yeah. Rod Gardenhire um, for the Twins, obviously their skipper. Yeah. Gets a two year extension. My quick take, and then I'll just let you roll on it. Go. How many divisions did they win with not very much talent developing the farm system, and then they happened to pay Morneau and Maurer and get about 50% of the return that they thought they were going to get? Garden hire didn't get dumb. The players weren't as good. They need to rebuild, and he's a good teacher, and he knows how to maximize talent. So I don't see why you get rid of him and and who you going to get. Who's better? So uh, especially come to the
0: Twins. At first, like, I was really – perturbed by it, I was like, this is ridiculous, because I had kind of been thinking that it maybe it was time for a change, and... And you're a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan. he's, you know, to be fair, Ron Gardner, for all his success, has had an, equal, an equally bad track record in the postseason yeah. of just, like, taking a dump against the Yankees. Really no results. A lot of really. sweeps, and yeah. So... You know, I go back and forth, but in the end, it really does come down to the big contracts that they gave Mauer and Morneau, yeah. which is outside of their kind of policy that they had worked under for, you know, 20-whatever years. And that falls, I think, the more I thought about it, I think that falls more on Terry Ryan, the general manager, than it does on Ron Gardenhire. Like, it's not fair to give him a, a shitty team and then expect him to make the playoffs over and over again. I mean, this isn't, it's not the same kind of, Young team that they had, you know, back when when they were having guys, you know, like Christian Guzman come up through the system, and um, you know, Liriano so when he came gotta up, gotta just give him a break, I think, for right now, and give him a couple more years as they start because they've got a lot of talent waiting in the wings right now.
1: It, and I and I would just say uh, to wrap up my thoughts on on garden hire. I know they play a lot of small ball, pitching wins, uh, you know.
0: And I think they've gotten away from that. And
1: they, if they get yeah. back to that, they'll win more. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. And, and the, the, the thing I would say is you need some talent in order to pull that off. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only so many, you know, suicide squeezes and, you know, sweet matchups that, you know, Gardenhier can bring the wily lefty out and yeah. likes the matchup. I mean, there, there's only so much control he has if the players, the 25 guys he has are just inferior from a talent perspective, but I don't put that on him.
0: In their system, you need at least one semi-reliable power hitter, because yeah. they got so many different, you know, place setters, guys that'll get on base, but someone's got to bring them home. Joe yeah. Maurer is, I mean, bats 320 or whatever over the course of the last season, but he, I mean, 10 doubles and yeah. bunch of singles, almost no home runs, so... And then they don't have at
1: least, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean Nathan's gone. They don't have the power arm at the end of the game.
0: Glenn Glenn Perkins has stepped into the closing role and he has been he's been okay.
1: He wasn't he's not Joe Nathan when no. Joe Nathan was Joe
0: Nathan. And he's also not, you know, Matt Capps when he was just going out there and blowing it time after yeah. time. So like,
1: mean, all I'm saying is is the twins in their heyday won a lot of two to one, three to two games yeah. and Joe Nathan was more often than not, the reason that they did.
0: Joe Nathan, and, you know, when, especially when you're coming in and closing the door after a guy like Johan Santana pitches yeah. or Liriano when he was in his prime. kind or, of to yeah. physical peak. Their yeah. pitching staff is the worst in baseball right now, and okay. that's something that they need to change.
1: Okay, so got into a little baseball talk, little twins. Um, back to the NFL, back to the Holy Land. Back to the, back the mothership.
0: To, the comfortable, comfortable chair. Confines, yeah. yeah. Or the uncomfortable confines
1: of my first team on my NFL Power Seven. We do it each week. The top seven teams in the NFL right now. I'll start with mine, get your reaction, then we'll go over yours. Okay. Number one, Seattle. Number two, Denver. We've done this dance. You can flip them, Mm -hmm. flop them, dance them, swing them, slap them. It's like a slap chop,
0: bake them, fettuccine, bikini. Slap it, linguini. It doesn't matter. Didn't that guy actually end up like slapping a prostitute? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, there you go. Maybe that's where
1: the idea came from. Bikini. Yeah. Um, but I, I think over the last few years we've seen, uh, and actually there was a really interesting stat: the highest scoring offenses of all time. The uh, 2011 Packers, the Patriots when they had Moss, uh, the Vikings when they had early Moss couple of those Rams teams, none. a lot of those teams, most of those teams didn't end up winning the Super Bowl. Right. And Denver's on that pace right now. That's why I put Seattle ahead of them. I think if they play them in the Super Bowl, uh, especially if it's inclement weather, Seattle's going to be able to grind that team up, mm-hmm. frustrate Peyton Manning like we've seen a lot in the postseason. Um, so that's why I give Seattle the, the slight edge over Denver right now. Number three, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I don't... Now that I look at it, I kind of like the Saints a little bit more. But I think neutral field, the Chiefs would be able to kind of smack the Saints around physically. Yeah. And we've seen Alex Smith go toe-to-toe with Drew Brees in the playoffs and put up 36 points. Mm -hmm. So that ability is there if it absolutely has to be. Okay. Um, But I think if you look at it, KC matches up well with New Orleans because they can really rush the passer. And last night, even though New Orleans put up a lot of points, their offensive line pass blocking was not fantastic. I'll put San Francisco fifth. You know my take on them. I Mm -hmm. think that they're chock full of talent. They're getting healthier. Um, I moved uh, up on the blog. You'll see Detroit I put at number six. Today I'm going to put Indy in, uh, I think, at number six because I just trust Andrew Luck a little bit more than Matt Stafford, and that's about the only other reason. Uh, I think talent-wise, Detroit and Indy um, are pretty much the same uh, outside of the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And then I put New England last. I don't like the injury to Will Fork. I don't love their talent, but again, they're four zero. So Seattle, Denver, Chiefs,
0: Saints, Niners, Colts, Patriots. Assess. Assess. I well, <clears throat> I guess the only way I can really assess would be to come back, come back, and you and I we've done the Denver Seattle thing, so I won't even okay. go into that at all. Okay. <clears throat> I put New Orleans three, just because I I I don't know if there's anybody on this list right now. I think they would probably beat most of these, the rest of these teams on a neutral site today. Especially, certainly at home. Yeah, certainly at home. If they'd beat wait, anybody at home. Anybody at home. I, I mean, they, they'd give even Seattle or Denver a pretty good run for their money in, yeah. in the Superdome. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Kansas City comes in at four. So we both we both like the Chiefs. I yeah. mean, to,
1: to go from two and 14 to a
0: top four rated team, in our opinion. I'm
1: drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah. And I just think we both see the formula. Yeah. We see the running game, we see the defense, we see the, the special teams.
0: It's reminiscent of, you know, that older or Niners teams from a few years ago, five years ago. When they didn't have the flash, but they yeah. were all defense. Yeah. yeah. And the offense actually looks a little bit sharper, I think, than, than yeah. some of those Niners teams. Did. Yeah, I agree. Um I got New England at five. And you've been on them. I just... You've been preaching to me. They just win. Yeah, baby. Baby. That's brisk, baby. Uh, I had to and then San Francisco comes in at six. I even... I, they almost dropped out of my top seven this week.
1: I mean, what have they done for you? You know, they've got a home game coming up against Houston. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they if they hold serve and throttle Houston, I, I think they're ten points better than Houston at home. Yeah. I hope. You hope. Um, you know, they could lose that game. They yeah. lost to Indy by 20 at home. But I, I, I don't know. I think if they come out, win their second game in a row, and, and take care of Houston like they should... I think people will rest a lot easier, and, and I think you'll be more comfortable having them in the top seven. But I can, I can see your, your hesitation right now. Well,
0: and Houston's not a bad team. No, that'd be a quality win for San yeah. Francisco. And I, for that reason, actually, I have Houston at seven. Okay. Despite their record, I think they're better than that.
1: So you have them ahead of the Colts. Yeah. Do you have them still winning the division over
0: in Indy's 3-1, Houston 2-2. Two I I still, I have a, I'm holding out hope that, or hope, I still think that Houston will come back and, and make a push to win that division. I mean, to do what they did to Seattle in the first half, I mean, yeah, they're a good team. I mean, barring were, yeah. one one mistake from Matt Schaub and they win that game. So. Yeah, I
1: mean, the team that you and me are either putting first or second had all the trouble they could handle at Houston and yep. should have lost that game. We're yeah. getting dominated in that game. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, so I... One Denver, two Seattle, three New Orleans, four Kansas City, five New England, six San Francisco, and seven Houston.
1: So the only team I don't have in, we don't, I have Indy in, you don't have Indy in, you have Houston in, and then we have all the race, rest of the teams the same, just in semi-different order. Flim, flim flam. Yeah, but I think we're I think we're pretty like-minded on the NFL right now, Yeah, and I also think beyond maybe those top three or four teams, there's a lot left to be seen uh, in both of our opinions. And then we're going to get to... Proof that I don't know what I'm doing when I'm ranking these teams. <laughs> the pick down. We pick every week. Yeah. No spreads. Just who's going to win the game. Straight up. Last week, let's just skip it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Matt, well, you're referring to your to your performance.
1: Yeah. 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 So you you won't touch really, it. I was six and nine. It takes a big man to come out and say it, though. Yeah. Well, advice to the kids, don't ride the Raiders. Um, <laughs> not good policy. Uh, Al Davis is rolling over his grave right now. Points come out of the passing game. Eric, Eric and Benjamin, an impressive, a playoff-ready 10-5. and five. Hitting that groove. So overall, so Eric and Ben tie last week. Eric was in last. He surged into a comfortable second. Mm. I'm in last. Ben Sherman at first
0: at 41-22. and 22. It's pretty impressive. Just got to keep our heads down and keep plugging through. Okay. I... <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm at 35
1: and 28. That sounds like uh, an entertaining football game score, but not a really good record for picking games. And Eric, 38 and 25, right in the middle uh, of you leading the pack and me bringing up the rear. Mm.
0: So so close. Everyone's in a stone's throw. 12
1: of games left to decide things. Uh, i like to consider myself San Francisco. A lot of talent. We're just figuring out what our philosophy is going to be. Just
0: waiting. Yeah. You're like I'm, C- you're like Seattle. I, I'm liking it. Right You've got now. your identity. And I got to keep it up though, so then I can I can take all these guesses and go to Vegas and say, hey, look, I should be all of a sudden. I'm rich. I should get a job. Um, final thing. Sports related,
1: semi sports related. We like to end it on a lighter note. Awesome related. Awesome related. We uh we put the picture up on Facebook. I was trying to find the video, but I was so like. Manically looking for it. it. It was from the Come On Man segment of Monday Night Countdown. And Chris Carter's Come On Man contribution was an absolutely lit-up, destroyed, hammered fan sitting by himself. From the look of it, there wasn't another fan within 15 rows of this guy. Yeah, for he, good reason. Yeah. He was savagely attacking some popcorn. He had one of those like big bags, and he literally had it up where he was dumping it, and he was just trying to get it, like, in his hair, on his face. As long as something stuck to his face, had the chance to trickle into his mouth, he was cool with it. Yeah. So my question to you is, I've seen you in private get get to that level. Oh, yeah. Take it from spinal tap up to notch 11. Right. um, On the drinking scale. Once or twice. Have you done that in a stadium... (laughs) <laughs> and what were the consequences? Because I once got escorted out of of Miller Park. Really? I got a little uh, loose with the language. And there was some really? Complaints. They
0: threw you out? Yeah. What? This was the end of the game. Well, what would you say? Let's just skip it. pg, PG thirteen. I have to know now. I
1: was just, I was really drunk and <laughs> CeCe Sabathia was there and hit a home run. For the Brewers, yeah. and I wasn't used to the... I didn't handle success well, let's just right. say that.
0: As some of us
1: don't. still don't know if we won the game, but CC hit a home run. I got a little angry, even though we were winning. One of those, it was real hot, and you just drank way too
0: much. <laughs> it was real hot.
1: That's <laughs> all those stories always do. It little, was real hot. I got fussy like an infant, and yeah. I, my language got poor, and, and let's just say that Miller Park had had enough of my antics.
0: I've never been escorted out. I did go to... Uh, When we were living in Alaska, we flew down the first spring we were there to Seattle to see the Twins play the Mariners. It was a real dump fest because they're both at that point were about as terrible as they both are now. So you can imagine. Um, We got like pretty good seats, like I want to say like three rows right behind the Twins dugouts for like really, really like sixty bucks or something, something really reasonable. And I just got way too excited. I I'd imagine been, you got a
1: lather going for this one.
0: I had been way too excited. i have been in Alaska for like six months without like uh, no sun or anything. And you get down to <laughs> Seattle and it's nice out. And So we were staying downtown. We walked all the way. Because you can walk from almost anywhere downtown. You can walk to either park. They're right across the street yeah. from each other. Um, so we start walking down to Safeco and doing our like a pub crawl on the way there. And stopping at all these bars. That was a good idea. By the time we got there, I was... I was inches away from being blackout drunk, <laughs> and the the Smithix little beer stand right at the top of our concourse immediately finished that process for me. Oh, yeah. So I had, like, four of those. Don't remember anything. There's pictures of me. Yeah. With like, I had a Twins jacket and I had mustard, like, down my face <laughs> and neck, all over my clothes, and, you know, kind of where both your eyes are looking in different directions. Yeah. And just doing it's a this. higher level of consciousness. Yeah. You're taking more in. Don't remember walking the only thing I remember about walking home and leaving the game, the Twins Lost, um was some a bunch of drunken Seattle fans giving Alicia and I crap on the way out. Yeah. And I was wearing my I have a vintage like baby blue Kirby Pucket jersey. Oh, yeah. Ripping down the back of my jacket and just howling <laughs> in obscenities at these guys <laughs> about the World Series and the Twins of the 90s. And they clearly Realized very quickly that I was mentally ill and left.
1: That's when I know I'm hammered. Is if someone comes after me, especially about sports, and I'm going 1994 Super Bowl
0: right? Yep, yep. That's when you got nothing left. But well, when you're going, when you're talking when you're talking crap to Mariners fans, it's pretty easy because that team has been true. terrible for a hundred years. Same or, thing with Seahawks fans. As yeah. good as you are right now, what have you ever done? Zilch. Yeah. Um, but we've both gone to
1: the abyss, just yeah. like Washington State fan. My feeling is that even though i was boisterous and loud and probably really offensive Mm -hmm. i bet i smelled better oh yeah he smelled that guy that's why there wasn't anyone people can take obscenity for like three or four innings that guy must have i think he rolled out of a dumpster like val kilmer in the saint is that was it val kilmer that was in the saint Yeah. yeah i think he rolled out of a dumpster in that movie
0: i'm looking at a picture of him now and he looks like he kind of looks like a guy that, like, He looks works like we at Bernie. is yeah. It's like, this is maybe a guy that, like, has an office job, like, works in a cubicle all week. Is and that then, Bernie? Is, it? is he, it? That might actually be Bernie. Is, is Jonathan Silverman somewhere around, like, holding up one of his arms and pretending to wave? And he looks, he looks <laughs> That's like Bernie it. when he was dumping
1: <laughs> that
0: popcorn on it like, <laughs> His body was just kind of vibrating. Andrew McCarthy's small enough to fit behind one of those chairs and, like masquerade his arms i think so there's
1: the program you know for nfl players if they drink too much to get home how did this gentleman get himself home from the game well do we have any confirmation about his whereabouts
0: this should be like the one one of the billboard advertisements they put up regarding like pot legalization in washington (laughs) this will happen to you (laughs) you will have popcorn everywhere and ruin clearly ruin whatever clothes you're wearing this
1: was at a wazoo washington state football game right I think so. And Washington State is kind of in the middle of nothing. So my thought is, like, did this guy leave the stadium and just run into the wilderness? I, and, like, Pacific Northwest Columbia Gorge has, has, has um, historically been, like, that's where the Sasquatch lives. <clears throat> I wonder if this guy just ran out into the woods and decided I'm going to go Sasquatch style and just live out here now. Like, I hammered on national TV. There's no coming back. And I'm just going to live in the woods now.
0: It's close enough to the Columbia River Basin that he very probably could have tumbled 700 feet to his death immediately afterwards. But is he already dead? (laughs) (laughs) They just chucked Bernie's body
1: down into the river. So he is my favorite fan that I've seen in the last decade, since the Superfans. Those were fictitious Saturday Night Live characters. He's my favorite guy, and if he doesn't get a radio show... Or some kind of nationally syndicated talk show. I'm going to throw an absolute shit fit.
0: We will. I bet you. Over the course of the next week, we're going to find out more about this guy. Like that. He's better, better if
1: we don't. We'll, we will lead the crusade to find
0: out more. About yeah. Drunk Wazoo Man. I'm literally starting that crusade right now. We need a nickname for him. Um. Well, if this adds any context, uh, they were playing Stanford, and Stanford cruised to an easy 55 to 17 blowout win. So maybe he was just drowning his sorrows in popcorn. Yeah, yeah, in opium.
1: I don't. I'm I'm blanking on nicknames. What are What is Washington
0: State the Cougars? Cougars. Wazoo. We're commonly referred to as Wazoo. Yeah. The Wazoo Popcorn Eater. (laughs) The Purple Popcorn Eater. (laughs) Yeah. Well, think the Cougar Kernel Machine. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I
1: can't come up with it. But um, TM trademark. Anyway, that's how we're gonna wrap it up. We hope you had fun. Um, I did. Oh, government's going to shut down, or did it shut down already? Who really cares? Doesn't seem to matter. Stock market's up.
0: I rode my bike here either way, so.
1: Yeah. Wheels still working. Internet's still working. TV still working. Stock market up. Apparently, the yeah. financial sector isn't too concerned that the government doesn't work. Neither are we. Maybe we'll be president. Yeah. I don't know. Just put me in charge. Yeah.
0: Put Seahawk guy. I'll be, I'll be drunk wazoo guy I'll in fan. I'll be your Joe charge. Biden. Just a grinning, yeah. grinning idiot. Yeah. A little public swearing, yeah, okay. make uh, make a lot of younger women uncomfortable. I'm sure. Okay, so
1: if the government shut down, we have the right to create a more perfect union. Yeah, I think I took side. Yeah, write me and Ben Sherman in on the next ticket. Um, <clears throat> we're probably going to say no, even if because we <laughs> we'd rather be like drunk wazoo fans.
0: Yeah, or maybe we'll do that in office. Could be yeah. either way, Clinton
1: style. Yeah. TDIS podcast: The day in sports. Thanks for joining me, Ben, and Eric. We will catch you probably Friday for our next podcast.
0: Cocktail hour.
1: Yeah. Cocktail hour Friday. We'll make sure to make it a little bit looser for you. (laughs) If if this last segment wasn't loose enough. So thanks for joining us the day in sports. We'll catch you next time.